past week was the week of sneaky injuries where a lot of players started to see more usage. And some of these players you want to add to your fantasy team, you know, so you can schmack around your friends. So here is everything you need to know for the waiver wire this week, who to be adding and who to be targeting. And let's start with a situation that is unfolding in Denver's backfield right now, and it's going to impact this man on the screen, Samaji Piran. Now that situation is Javante Williams leaving with an injury, but last night we got a positive, you can say it's a positive report for sure from Adam Schefter, who said Javante Williams left this game with a hit flexor. He is not expected to miss much, if any time. Okay, so that is good news, but then I saw this tweet, and it's from Jeff Mueller, who we have referenced a lot of times on this channel. He is a great resource. He is a doctor on Twitter. He talks about all these sports injuries. He says, basically, I'll translate this Schefter tweet, and what he translates it down to, if you want to read to you can. He says, Javante Williams, I'm not shocked if he misses one to two games here based on this injury, and it is a tricky injury that could flare up. More importantly, Javante is coming off of a crazy multi-ligament knee injury, so maybe and likely they'll be cautious with his return. And if that's the case, it's going to help Samaji Pirine, who after Javante left, according to Dwayne McFarlane on Twitter, Pirine led the backfield playing 56% of the snaps. Now, it only led to five fantasy points, but this was a game where the Broncos were throwing the ball a ton downfield to Marvin Mims, to Cortland Sutton for a touchdown late as they came back against the Bears. And let's remember, Samaji was signed this offseason to a pretty decent sized contract to be the 1A, 1B with Javante since he was coming off of injury. And more specifically, that contract was two years for $7.5 million. Now, that doesn't seem all that crazy, but I mean, this is more guaranteed money, three times as much guaranteed money as Ezekiel Elliott got this offseason. This is more than probably double the normal backup running back money because they expected Samaji to be involved. And now he might be a starter for a couple of games. And here's the thing, as a starter three times last year, Peter Ryan averaged 21 touches and 110 total yards. Look, coaches trust Piran because he can pass block, protect your quarterback, which is important, how much money they have invested in Russell Wilson, and he hasn't fumbled since 2017. And the other good news is if he starts, Piran is 230 pounds, he'll be the red zone back. But the issue becomes, what about the passing downs? Because in this same tweet from Dwayne McFarlane on Twitter, you can see right here, Jalel McGoughlin, who is a rookie, an undrafted rookie, he ran 43% of the passing down plays, so he was out there running more routes compared to just 29% for Piran. Now, this is a small sample. It could also do with who had the longer drives, not a three and out, and then the other guy comes on the field for the next drive. But the passing down's not being there as much is somewhat of a concern even on this small sample for Piran. And the other concern is, let's say Javante misses two games. Well, he has a tough matchup against the Jets, Samaji Piran, and then he has a massively big matchup against the Chiefs where he'll probably be like a 14-point underdog. And if he's not the passing down back, well, then it's going to probably be Jalel McLaughlin who sees more work. So I do think Piran is an ad, especially if he's just on your waivers in like a 12-man league. But let's talk more about that undrafted rookie in McLaughlin. Because Sean Payton loves this guy. If you track the preseason at all, it was like every other day a comment's coming out. And when they talk about the backfield, he's only pointing out Joel McLaughlin. If you could have made a bet who's going to make the team as the third running back, it was pretty easy to tell it was going to be him based on all of the positive sentiment from his coach. Now, he's an undrafted rookie out of Youngston State College. But when you actually look into it, he started in Division II college football with a team named Notre Dame, not the one that you know, a Division II school. And in his first ever game, he rushed for over 300 yards. He ended up rushing for over 2,000 yards in each season with them before transferring to Youngston. And what does he do there? Well, he continues to produce. And look at this. You might not know this, but the leading rusher in NCAA history for a career is Jaleel McLaughlin right here. Over 8,100 total yards in his four-year career. And he's been a pretty elite producer, averaging seven yards per touch. Now, of course, half of that was against pretty poor competition in Division II. And even then, when he transferred, it wasn't the greatest. But seven yards per touch is talent. Now, the one issue that you can point to is, okay, this guy, he's only 5'8", 187 pounds. He's not a bigger back. He can't handle a full workload, you would say. But we're seeing smaller running backs. Kyron Williams, under 200 pounds, just had 25 touches this past week. Devon Achain, back-to-back weeks of being a top five running back. They're starting to get more work. And mostly, it's because the bias of them being small from their coaching staff isn't there as much. And as I mentioned, it's definitely not there, that bias with Sean Payton, who seems to love McLaughlin. 
McLaughlin. So if Javante is out, McLaughlin is an add in probably all league formats at this point, especially if they're going to be big underdogs in two weeks. Now, the number one add on the entire week as of this recording with the news that we have is Tyler Boyd, and he's available in over 60% of leagues. Now, I know you're going to say, oh, he's not available in my league because, well, yeah, you probably play in like a 12 or a 14 man league where every single starting receiver from a decent offense is drafted. But here's why he's the biggest add. T Higgins injured his ribs. It was fractured ribs. And as Jeff Mueller points out right here, it's probably going to take two to four weeks for T Higgins to return. So you might get a month of the season from Tyler Boyd being a starter for an offense that has not looked good with Joe Burrow, who's banged up, but still it's going to make him a flex worthy option. And for what it's worth right away, once T Higgins left the game, Boyd was a top receiver earning over 30% of the targets from Joe Burrow. And we've always said he's kind of like the handcuff in fantasy wide receivers. If there ever was one, if anything happened to Jamar Chase or T Higgins, well, Boyd becomes a top 24 receiver in this offense. That's what we've always said. And now T Higgins is banged up. And now in three games since 2020, when Joe Burrow took over Tyler Boyd, when T Higgins is not in the game in those three games, he averages 7.3 targets solid, especially with Jamar Chase being there the last few years and 13.9 fantasy points, which were ranked top 20 amongst receivers last year. And he was clearly the starter when T Higgins went down in week four, he plays 48 snaps, runs 33 routes, just two behind Jamar Chase. So he was out there in all two wide receiver sets. It wasn't some new wide receiver taking over for T Higgins. No, it was Tyler Boyd. And we'll talk about some of those other receiver options from this team. And if you want to add them, especially in deeper leagues or not later on in the video, we'll go through a huge list of all the remaining options who if some of these guys aren't available in your league those guys definitely will be and just as a reminder Tyler Boyd when he's actually out there as a top two receiver in his offense this is what he's done he's averaged 15.8 points in a season 13.9 12.8 even 11.5 so these are all nice performances that you can get a flex option or a starter out of now that we know Higgins will miss time so be aggressive for Tyler Boyd if he's on your waivers and also be aggressive by hitting the subscribe button if you're finding this content helpful so you can see my future releases now this next tight end in Dallas and Jake Ferguson you need to add him because he's slowly becoming a monster after a top five week in fantasy look over the past two weeks his usage has increased in week two he ran 46 percent of the routes then in week three he ran a season high 62 percent of the routes and this only continued heading into week four because in week four if you could see at the bottom of the screen here Jake Ferguson runs 27 routes this ended up being 69 percent of the team's routes so his usage has increased in three straight games and this is despite despite the Cowboys blowing out the Patriots by two or three scores most of the game he still ran this much routes and Ferguson has quietly been elite and efficient he's averaging over two yards per route run this season that's top 10 amongst tight ends he did the same exact thing last year on less usage but now he's seeing more usage he ranks second in earning targets per route he is earning a target on 30 percent of his routes run and now if the routes are only going to continue to rise that's going to get better he is sixth in overall tight end targets as well and that's important because he ranks 30th in routes run so he's only 30th in terms of how many routes he's running but yet he's still sixth in overall targets he is the elite at earning targets this dude and his ability to earn targets only continued in week four he earned a target on 26 percent of his routes top three on the week he ends up earning 14 and a half fantasy points without even finding the end zone just catches all seven of his targets the most of a tight end this week seven receptions top four fourth right now as it stands in tight end scoring on the week he is somebody that you need to add and you can start him right now I mean I can keep going on about this guy entering week four he led all tight ends and cheat code targets your downfield and red zone targets he leads all tight ends with eight red zone targets this season and just as a reminder he was a much better producer in college than Dalton Schultz and Dalton Schultz in this same offense with Dak Prescott who loves throwing to the tight end was a top 10 tight end the past two seasons so add Jake Ferguson you might not have to spend much to get him if he's on your waivers and now let's talk about the Bucks wide receiver situation and it's going to start with Trey Palmer because there was a Mike Evans hamstring injury Evans ended up tweaking his hamstring as you can see right here he did not return and look he's an older wide receiver hamstring injuries they can take somewhere between one and usually three weeks just look at Christian Watson and Saquon Barkley now this late round rookie has 
pretty impressively been the wide receiver three for this team right away and he slid right into mike evans role in two wide receiver sets once evans left with injury because according to pff homer played 100 of the two wide receiver sets once evans left and now here's the deal his usage has been pretty solid you can see in a game where they trailed for most of the game in prime time he ran 86 percent of the routes this was in week three his usage has led to six total targets a season he's found the end zone but look he's a sixth round rookie so it's pretty impressive that he's doing this and he's an impressive talent because as you can see from some of these player profiler metrics right here his 40 time 433 was number one amongst all wide receivers at the combine so the fastest receiver at the combine and his college dominator right here let's zoom in on this bad boy this is how much of his team's offense he accounted for 46 percent of his team's offense this is as good as it gets so he is a productive player now he's going to start to earn more reps in a pretty creative offense in tampa so all of this is good news for palmer who earned three targets in week four but there is some bad news the bad news for palmer's playing time when it comes to fantasy is that the bucks have a buy so he's not going to be able to play next week this gives more time for mike evans to recover and maybe mike evans doesn't miss a single game at all but there's still a chance evans isn't ready and either way especially in your deeper leagues trey palmer is somebody to stash because he's quickly moving up the depth chart here even though he's a six-round rookie and speaking of rookies who are standing out michael wilson is somebody you should add over trey palmer this is a guy who has been involved right away since the preseason as a potential number to who option starting option for this team and we saw that this past week because he just had by far his best game in a game where the cardinals finally trailed and they had to throw more well he runs 35 routes and he earned seven targets a couple of touchdowns over 25 fantasy points this man just went off and we saw exactly the usage we thought we would all preseason he's by far the biggest wide receiver in terms of size his height and weight out of all any of the starters here so he was the primary red zone target but not only does he have the size he's efficient look 2.48 yards per route run that says he's 23rd in that metric but if you take out the guys who have only ran like five or ten routes and look at the eligible players who are actually full-time starters michael wilson the rookie middle round rookie is top 12 in wide receiver efficiency this year and that efficiency the yards per route run long term correlates the most with fantasy success and it's helping that joshua dobbs the player they traded for right before the season and cut the veteran colt mccoy to start for this team dobbs is still looking good he completed 28 of 41 passes nearly 70 percent and look it wasn't a crazy great game just 265 yards passing but he kept drives alive with his groundwork here 48 rushing yards and again this was against a number one defense in the 49ers and he still sustained good performances from zach Ertz, marquise brown and a great performance from the rookie michael wilson so if you're in a 12-man league or deeper you need to be adding wilson not now but right now. and you also need to take note of what's happening in the carolina backfield now there's a lot to unpack here that is going to be affecting chuba hubbard and it starts with his backfield running mate miles sanders who was on the injury report this week if you look here with a groin injury now let's scroll uh, the first couple of days of practice he actually practiced he was limited he was limited but then on friday does not practice so he was downgraded on friday which means he either tweaked that groin injury or it just felt too sore and normally this is not good news for a player's ability to play in the upcoming game however sanders did play in this game but he was clearly limited because as you can see from the pff stats here the game stats you can see sanders plays just 32 of 72 snaps so 44 percent of the snaps this is his by far least on the year about 20 percent less than he's seeing this season and this led to more usage for chuba hubbard who led the backfield playing 38 of 72 snaps by far a season high for him and a season high 15 opportunities for chuba hubbard but sanders saw 17 opportunities his targets and carries in this game but this is the closest the split has been all year and according to pff this light blue is chuba hubbard this dark blue is miles sanders so you had chuba hubbard playing the majority of the third down passing snaps and seeing the short yardage work which is potential chance for touchdowns look in my opinion i believe this was due to sanders groin injury based on the money that they paid him but he still saw 17 opportunities so it's not like he wasn't involved and he lost a lot of snaps but either way even if this is still sanders backfield i do think chuba hubbard as we said 
said all offseason is worth an ad and like we said all offseason here's why this fella is great whenever he actually sees opportunities last year he was sixth in yards per touch between his rushes and his receptions that was ahead of guys like jonathan taylor and the last time that he actually got a full workload was in college and what did he do with it oh he rushed for over 2,000 yards when you add in his receiving yards he went for like 23 total yard 2300 total yards and 21 touchdowns and as we just saw this past week and right before the season even started with miles sanders he's often injured he's missed 20 percent of his career games which means you might get a couple of starts this season out of hubbard you should add him and you should also go grab the fantasy blueprint that now over 2500 people are currently using to win their matchups every single week and make their fantasy playoffs every day i'll send you one of these things right here waiver wire tools to start the week that goes with this video rest of season rankings rankings for that specific week and projections and the game by game matchup notes which are maybe the most detailed piece that you will find in the entire industry here's just a little hint at what some of those game by game matchup notes look like every single fantasy relevant player from every single team i go in depth about their matchup this is just for the packers wide receivers and quarterbacks i mean you could scroll for the tight ends and the running backs as well every single fantasy relevant player will be on this and the matchups as well and it's really simple to get the blueprint you just scan the qr code on the screen or click the link in the description below to join the thousands of others of people who are using it to schmack around the friends right now and now this is what you'll do to get the blueprint those two simple steps but right here it's just five dollars for the entire season it's an industry low price that was my goal here for this the most value for you and if you don't make your fantasy playoffs i refund the five bucks so it'll take about 30 seconds of your time to get this tool and increase your chances of beating around your league mates your friends whatever it is the people who talk smack to you by so much and if worst case happens you get a lot of injuries to your team you get your five bucks back so again just scan the qr code on the screen or click the link in the description below so you can smack around your friends and get that blueprint the next man to discuss will actually stay in carolina here and look at the receiving core and it's terrace marshall who actually took advantage of the rookie jonathan mingle missing with a concussion now as you can see here it's been an interesting season for marshall but let's add context he started the season off playing 95 percent of the routes but that was because dj shark was out in week two all four wide receivers were healthy and he only saw 36 percent of the routes he was clearly the wide receiver four in this offense last week that goes up with mingle getting hurt in the game with a concussion 67 percent of the routes and this increased in week four because in week four marshall was a full-time player running almost every single route out there and he had a team high 10 targets a 32 percent target share from another quarterback in bryce young so he gets eight targets last week from andy dalton 10 targets this week that is solid usage but the bad news is very similar to adam thielen in terms of his targets only being an average four yards down the field it's all screens and here's the proof 4.1 yards per target this season adam thielen's was 4.2 and if you're gonna have this low of a target you need to be like a debo samuel and do something after the catch and that's not at all terrace marshall's game as a bigger bodied red zone receiver coming out of lsu and so far that's what we've seen in the nfl just 15 yards after the catch 94th amongst wide receivers this season i mean that's why you're seeing dj shark not have success with bryce young bryce young is not throwing downfield it's all short and intermediate stuff when he's out there from this coaching staff it's really not good and jonathan mingo should return from the next game coming off of a concussion so honestly when all four of these receivers are healthy none of them look all that appealing they're all trade away options like adam thielen or just stay away. i'm probably not adding marshall here but i am adding romeo dobbs and you might say there's no way dobbs is available in my league but okay okay then we'll wait towards the end of the video when i go through a huge list of all the potential trending players who will definitely be available some of them in your league but dobbs is still available in over 50 percent of leagues right now and on thursday night football when the packers got smacked around dobbs still had a career best game he ran 88 percent of the routes in this game and this led to 13 targets again that is a career best but there is some context that we should add into this situation Jordan love had to throw a lot nearly 40 times in this game because they got down big but when he was throwing he was targeting 38 percent of the time career high for romeo dobbs and it's good to see that dobbs continued this strong usage despite christian watson returning now watson was clearly limited he only ran 48 percent of the routes instead of his normal role that should be closer to 80 percent of the routes but this did not impact and aaron jones returning for 35 percent of the snaps limited none of that impacted the targets and overall usage of romeo dobbs so now on the season according to fantasy life our official data partner you can see the targets right here for the packers dobbs has 32 that's leading the team by nine he's averaging eight targets per game so far this season and earning a target on 26 percent of his routes run as you can see right here that would have ranked top 15 amongst receivers last year and it's a huge step up from his official 
efficiency that same metric last year he was outside the top 50 receivers so he's improved since his rookie year and jordan love clearly is comfortable throwing him the ball and maybe the most important for fantasy he's being targeted in the most important parts of the field dobbs had six red zone targets and five deep targets this year dobbs is a must add and this next guy if you're in a 12-man league or deeper you definitely need to pick up and it was a player who played against romeo dobbs last week on thursday night football and it's josh reynolds who heading into week three a lot of people wanted to add him and all he did that week was disappoint he earned look at this zero percent of the targets so that means he had zero targets which means he had zero fantasy points but his usage was still the same 74 percent of the routes and in that game they faced atlanta they got a big only four players caught a ball for detroit in week three but things got better in week four you can see right here josh reynolds still seeing his normal usage 77 percent of the routes but this time he earns 23 percent of the targets that was six targets and led the team with 69 receiving yards against the packers in a game that was still a blowout and goff through less than 30 times so he was still able to be productive in that game environment he's been a top 36 wide receiver through four games despite putting up a goose egg in one of them so josh reynolds is worth an ad because he has a lot of beneficial matchups coming up i mean bottom 10 secondaries in the panthers the buccaneers a nice matchup against the raiders this is a good spot for let me remind you a top three ranked passing offense right now in detroit for their number two receiver josh reynolds now this next guy is available in over 80 percent of leagues he's probably available in yours but should you add him and it's curtis samuel who is by far coming off of his best game of the season in week four in a game that goes to overtime against the eagles samuel earns eight targets he has a nice little rushing touchdown eight total touches in this game leads to over 18 fantasy points in this game Jahan Dotson actually left with an ankle injury he was able to return late but we've seen a lot of times then when the practices start to come around that ankle is sore maybe it's sprained and the player might miss the next week which would help Sam and it also helps that Sam Howell looked better he wasn't great in this game by any means but in a tough matchup he takes away the interceptions he had four last week still taking some sacks but completing 70 percent of his passes 29 of 41 decent yardage total of 290 that's seven yards per attempt keeps drives alive on the ground with his legs for 40 yards so this is all good news it's at least a progression now if Jahan Dotson ankle is okay I'm probably not going to Samuel as the third option for Sam Howell maybe even the fourth option behind Logan Thomas but in deeper leagues 14 12 man leagues put him on your bench and now let's talk about the other players who could be available that we haven't mentioned in this video and one of them is on the screen right now he should not be available he's available right now in 45 percent of leagues but CJ Stroud is a top five fantasy quarterback right now just threw for over 300 yards yet again or specifically over 20 fantasy points with a couple of touchdowns over 300 yards again he's now done this averaging over 300 yards through his first four games uh, let me say this again he is a top five fantasy option so far this season, and he's on waivers in half the leagues. Other guys who are on waivers in almost every single league, and this is the guy that who, no matter the league you're in, you need to be adding him. Keontae Mitchell is available in 89% of leagues. Who is Keontae Mitchell? Well, he's a Ravens running back who is going to be returning from injury. And this is a rookie running back who is elite, elite in college in terms of production. In his sophomore year, this is a young running back. Between his rushing and his receiving, he had nearly 1,400 yards. And then in his final year as a junior, when he becomes an early declare, between his rushing over 1400 and receiving over 200 he had 1700 yards he can catch passes with 27 last year he is a pretty interesting player because jk dobbins is already done for the year justice hill is dealing with injuries and gus Edwards is back there but not really doing much like averaging 4.7 yards per touch but not adding much in the receiving game it's not an immediate start in play this guy but by like week seven or week eight for this rookie he could actually start seeing some serious reps once healthy now if we keep scrolling down for mitchell i land on gerald everett who has not been good he's been splitting the tight end room with donald parham but donald parham just got hurt this past week and if he misses some time well you're gonna see Gerald Everett on a team that already does not have Mike Williams Everett might actually start seeing his normal role which should push him towards like an 18 to 20 percent target share which any given week could be a top five option in this offense I do want to call out that Zay Jones is available in over 70 percent of leagues because of his injury the past two weeks now Christian Kirk has looked good but this team has looked terrible throwing the ball downfield for the past two weeks right around when Zay Jones started to miss time he was a top 24 wide receiver week one he was a top 30 wide receiver last year in this offense add him don't let him stay on waivers once he comes back they are what he needs to get the ball downfield now as I mentioned earlier, here's the other wide receivers. They only have six as of right now. They'll probably sign some.
some guys from the practice squad for the Ravens with T Higgins out. You're going to have Charlie Jones, a rookie. He was impressive at Purdue, but he's the backup to Tyler Boyd out of the slot. So might see some slot usage. He might be a sneakier ad. You have a veteran in Trenton Irwin, who's nothing too crazy. And then a rookie in Andre, who in the preseason actually looked pretty good. He'd probably be the one guy I would add in like a 16 to 18 team league. But overall, none of them look that great. One of those two rookies, if you're in a super deep league, is worth considering. I also must call out the usage of Tajay Spears because Derrick Henry had the massive game. We had him over 67 and a half rushing yards. He basically doubles that. But Tajay Spears still plays 35 of 66 snaps, just four less than Derrick Henry. I don't think this means anything in terms of Spears taking the backfield away from Henry, but it does mean that if something happens to Henry, this is all the way, like maybe 80% of the snaps for Tajay Spears. Also must call out that Jeff Wilson's eligible to return from injury. Again, in deeper leagues, somebody that you should stash in your IR spot until he comes back. And yes, I know Devon Nation has been balling out on limited touches. He just kind of took over more of the backfield from her. He most start this past week, but Jeff Wilson was the main red zone back last year in an offense that can score. If you're getting one to two red zone opportunities or touchdowns from the goal line of game from Jeff Wilson, obviously you want that. I do not believe that Wandell Robinson should be available in 12% of leagues. He's going to be playing on Monday night football, but he was very limited last week. He came off of the injury. He only had like six or seven routes run, but he actually earned multiple targets on those routes, which is good to see. And it's only going to get more from here on out. I think he's the most dynamic player they have. I think he could be a player like we talked about Terrace Marshall who gets these four yard targets and takes them actually after the catch like a Debo could. That's what Wondell Robinson's role was in college as well at Kentucky. So he's somebody who should not be available in 88% of leagues right now. I'm picking him up over Keontae Mitchell like we talked about earlier. Probably the best deeper league ad to have. Now I already got some questions last night about Nick Westbrook and I'm just not really interested in adding him. This was a game we finally saw some offense from Brian Tannehill but it was still just six targets. There was no Traylon Burks in this game. Westbrook we have a long track record of him being a guy who can be an NFL receiver for sure but not someone who could string together consistent performances especially in a low volume offense. So this is everything that you need to know for the waiver wire heading into week five. Now this is just one way to improve your team. The other way is by trading players. And once that video drops this week, it's going to appear right here for you beautiful people. If you made it to the end, that means you found this helpful. And only 30% of people that watch the videos are subscribed. So make sure to hit the subscribe button to see all my future content.